listening to the Sacred Ordinary Days podcast. I'm Jen Giles Kemper, and you can find me at sacredordinarydays.com. I'm Lacey Clark Elman of asacredjourney.net. For season one, we're journeying together through the liturgical year. So grab a cup of tea or coffee and join us at the table. Good morning, Lacey. Good morning, Jen. This is our 10th episode. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we should have oh a gosh. 10th anniversary. What is that? Epiversary. Ep- <laughs> <laughs> celebration. Which we are talking about celebration. Maybe that's it. There you go. We didn't even plan that. Way to go, us. <laughs> well, it is our 10th episode, and I was just telling my parents last night, they... I was explaining the internet, which was like a whole nother conversation. <laughs> the computer, did you start with a desktop and <laughs> floppy disk? Well, my mom was asking my dad um, where his Facebook is, and he said in his Gmail. And that just <laughs> set us off in a whole conversation. But um, I don't know what he thinks he's doing on Facebook then I, if it's in his Gmail. <laughs> well, that's just it. He gets his notifications. I guess he gets his notifications. Sent, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, so, why not? you know. <laughs> Easter celebration, we should be able to laugh yeah. at um, at some moments that we share. But beyond that, I was I was telling them that we have about almost two thousand listens on every episode, yeah. which for many podcasters would be a really low number. But I'm really in awe, really humbled, and really grateful mm-hmm. um, that any of you, one person, um, would share some time with us each week and. And the fact that so many of you are doing that is mind boggling. Also in over 50 countries, people are listening to this podcast. Did you see that? No, I haven't. But I love like what you're saying that it's might be smaller than other podcasts, but I kind of prefer that it's an intimate conversation what we're having. Like it's a a community driven thing. It is. And And so it feels perfect. And yet also I love that, as you said, we're, um, a worldwide community, which feels crazy. It does feel totally crazy. When we the first internet, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, internet. Um, yeah, when we very first started recording this, it felt like, uh, well, still feels like the most vulnerable, the most naked thing mm-hmm. that I do in any yeah. given week. Yeah, um, it is harder to me than just about anything else I have done, and mm. yet. That that vulnerability has been a nice place to um, live for these episodes, and and even anticipate and welcome as we record each one. And I also feel like we've grown. I mean, we mm-hmm. our friendship has grown, and we have had some really beautiful, sometimes hard conversations. And um, there have also been some really neat, pretty raw conversations in the Facebook group in response to all of this, and. We've both gotten emails, so I think because of all of that, it makes me all the more excited about our retreat, and several folks yeah. have said that they can't come, but that they feel so connected to the other members of the tribe and, and hope to come to other events in the future, so that that feels really special. Mm-hmm. And we should say that our last episode of the season, we're going to be doing together live and you know, in person, in the same place, and after, right after the retreat too. So, yes, I'm sure for those of you who can't come, those of you in those 49 other countries, or <laughs> you can also come. But um, yeah, we're excited to share a bit of that with you as well. Yes, 
Well, and in fact, we came to you via video um, yesterday, yesterday as of when we're recording this, that is. (laughs) Um, We plan to do a webinar, which I know we talked about. And goodness gracious, technology conspired against us. And so instead of doing a webinar, (laughs) Lacey and I recorded a video and shared it with everyone who registered for the webinar. And after we had done that, we realized that... um, we felt like it was just a different way of engaging with the conversations that we have here on the podcast. So if you like these conversations, my gut is that you'll love that podcast length video that we shot um, originally intended as a webinar. And it'll be available on Lacey's site, sacredjourney.net slash podcast. Henceforth, again, we planned that we wouldn't have that recording live after April 1st or so. And yet it feels, I don't know, it feels like a nice companion to these conversations. So that'll be available. And I think our website, (laughs) sacredordinarydays.com, is going to be live before this podcast episode is even live. So right now, (laughs) it's in your ears. So close. It's coming. It's coming. Okay. So how was Lent and Easter Sunday for you, Lacey? Yeah, we last talked about this it was holy week we were kind of in the Mm -hmm. middle of it really getting to the the nitty-gritty maundy thursday good friday holy saturday and easter sunday and those were it was a really busy time for me in life and yet because of the services i was able to be present and i'm so grateful for that i always feel like you know many times when we experience something meaningful, we enact ritual to memorialize that moment. But I always feel, too, that ritual enacts meaning as well, brings forth meaning. And so that was what those services were to me. They invited me into that place um, Mm. where my heart wasn't yet. And so they paved a way. And I especially love I, mean, I think I said this, too, that I was a big evangelist for going going to all the services, yeah. for really entering that. And I think it has to do a lot with the celebration that we'll be talking about today as well. But we had three services at our church, the Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and um, the Holy Saturday one, which is actually the Easter vigil. So that's our Easter service that Saturday evening. And with the people that came each time, it's like, in a way, we're living in a monastic community going to daily prayer each night and going on this journey together. And the Easter vigil then after coming together for Monday, Thursday with a shared meal and kind of ending with the garden and leaving in silence. And then the darkness of Good Friday and then entering to, I mean, the space changed too. The, The Easter service where there was white kind of fabric strung across the ceiling, people dressed up. It felt, I mean, it almost felt like a wedding with the white mm-hmm. and the gold mm-hmm. and the, it was a beautiful sunny day shining through the windows as the sun was setting. And so there was a vibrancy. It, like I felt my heart felt in those places when we declare, you know, he is risen, he is risen indeed. And all, all the songs that go with that and the baptism. Yeah. I was really grateful for that journey and for my community. And then on Sunday, Easter Sunday morning, since our church had the service on Saturday night, Kyle and I started what might be a new tradition and went out around sunrise to uh, one of the beaches, one of the parks here in Seattle, and took coffee and 
some donuts, and mm. we kind of did our own little service, read some blessings from that Jane Richardson book. Is it is it a circle of blessings? Circle, I think. Um, yes. No, circle of grace. So we'll put a link in, in the show notes, but I'm sure it'll come up with Jane Richardson. It's um, blessings around the liturgical seasons. And so we read some of her blessings for Easter Sunday, um, sang some Tizé music, had some time of silence, and it was, yeah. And the neat thing, too, is even there, you kind of know that other people that are coming down to the beach at 7 a.m. with their guitars in hand or something on Easter Sunday <laughs> are coming because they are hungry for the same thing you are. They're probably morning. Easter people. Easter people, yeah. And so we were um, celebrating in communion even in that way, shoulder to shoulder. And then we had a, a brunch together with some good friends. And then, and then the day was like only halfway over, and so we definitely feasted on our on our TV, <laughs> TV watching that we had given up, and and also found that we didn't want to binge as much as we thought too. Uh-huh. So a good balance. That's really. Neat. What about you, Jen? You know, I I hesitate to um, admit this, but it you know this is a sacred space, and it and it feels worth yeah. sharing. Um, I actually missed most every service during Holy Week, Mm. which I did not plan or anticipate at all. And I really felt the loss of their, of their absence. Mm. And yet, um, actually both Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, I was not feeling at all well. Mm-hmm. And on Thursday and Friday evenings when we had services, I just couldn't quite bear the thought. I just I just couldn't quite yeah. switch gears from what I had been doing to what I even wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And rather than pushing through and sort of pressuring myself mm-hmm. or just like making myself do it, I just decided to take a posture of of grace and notice mm. what was going on for me. And mm-hmm. so I had a really beautiful, meaningful week that was more solitary than most any week. And yeah. while that is almost hard to fathom in a week of the beauty of gathering together, and you know, you mentioned the the spirit of sharing those three services, sometimes four or five mm. services with people all in the same week, uh, week it, it brings a level of intimacy that's rare and beautiful and just neat. Um, mm. And yet, I, f- I felt like I was being attentive to where I was and where yeah. I needed to be. And so I'm curious how this Easter season will unfold for me um, moving forward. I kind of did my own reading and and even liturgies and prayers really by mm-hmm. myself, which again mm-hmm. is very rare for me. Um, so yeah. Well, and I love how when you described, you know, at the end of the week when the services came and you just almost couldn't, didn't have the energy or mm-hmm. something was missing, that that missing, that loss stood out to me too, because in a, in a way that is part of, even though you weren't able to attend the service, the feeling of loss is still part of that season, mm-hmm. that Holy Week, that Triduum. And so in a way, you still were there. 
um, keeping vigil in your own way, keeping vigil with you. Yeah. And then, which is a window, I think, to, to God. I think so too. I got um, several emails and Facebook messages from folks who were saying that listening to our Holy Week podcast really, um, two folks in particular, really saddened them that they weren't a part of a faith community Mm, that held vigil, that celebrated or even noticed that um, Mm, mm -hmm. for them, Easter always seemed to sort of come out of the middle of nowhere. Because they didn't observe, especially when it's at the end of March, Lent and Holy Week. <laughs> right, right. It, it, it's early, um, uh-huh. and in that way, mm. kind of hearing their feedback, it got me thinking about how um, there are a lot of us that, yeah, for any number of reasons, because you're taking care of an ailing parent or a small child, because your work schedule doesn't allow it, because mm-hmm. or like va- vacation. Even I know a lot of people right. have spring break around this time and. Lots of, or moving, or lots of things. It, it got me thinking, though, about um, the real value of crafting some of your own resources mm-hmm. and gathering some mm-hmm. of your own resources so that as those moments present themselves, when it feels like the whole church is gathering and you're the only one that's not there for any yeah. reason, um, that you still have a way of entering in and engaging and being a part of yeah. the church even if it is not in the way that many others are participating. Yeah. So so um, what what did you turn to then? You said you kind of created your own liturgy. Did you use common? I know common prayer is a big one. Yeah, common you. prayer is a favorite of mine. Um, the book of common prayer um, was another one. And then I actually got a huge box of books last week that I ordered on Amazon. And there are several that I have like almost all of them have feast in the title and it really felt like I have been feasting on Mm. them. Um, Mm -hmm. So one is, it was edited by Jessica Snell and it's called Let Us Keep the Feast, Living the Church Year at Home. And you can get um, several smaller editions per season or I got Mm -hmm. the whole year in one one book. And it's really, really beautiful. It it actually... I know a lot of people have recommended it in uh the group, I think. I've seen it a lot. And Jessica and I have just at the very beginning of getting to know one another. Um, and so it's been neat to just have a few touch point conversations with her and then read this book that she gathered and edited and, you know, very similar to how we approach the planner and how you approach the perpetual wall calendar and, and how we approach this podcast. There are a lot of similar themes, how, you know, what the traditions are, more creative ways to engage with those, how to draw in children or families or engaged, you know, outside of church services. So that has been a real gift to me. Um, Mm. Another that I picked up is by Daniel and Haley Stewart. And um, Haley writes a blog called Carrots for Michael Moss. Actually, I think it may be pronounced Michael Moss. And they actually live in Waco now and used to go to church with me. And we have a ton of mutual friends, but I'm not even sure that we've ever met. They're Catholic now. And um, her blog is so beautiful, but they wrote a book called Feast, Real Food, Reflections, and Simple Living for the Christian Year. And it's kind of part cookbook, part, you know, seasonal reflection. And so that's been another Mm -hmm. one. And then um, Milton Brasher Cunningham wrote a couple books that I have just been feasting on. And then, yeah, there's just been several. So 
We'll engage. Can with we get those. a list of that? Yeah, we'll engage with those more I'll another episode, the, and we'll put it in yeah. the show notes as well for those yeah. of you who are just for hungry me, to do some feasting. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> which really is what Easter is all about. It is, and it's and that's what I've decided. Feast is one of my feasts for this season. Is mm-hmm. um, just sinking into some really good reading and carving out space for myself in the evenings to to set aside specifically for that. Yeah, I love that. Okay, mm. so tell us about Easter. Well, Easter Sunday is the start of it, first off, and it's not the end of it. It is an entire season, Easter Tide, and you might remember we were saying Christmas season can also be called Christmas Tide, and it ends at the Feast of Pentecost. It's 50 days long. Pinta, and 50. So, pen, uh-huh, 50th day, Pentecost. And so this year, that is Sunday, May 15th. And so all in all, it's about seven weeks since we've got 49 days and seven weeks and then that added extra Sunday. And the colors, like Christmas, for times of celebration are white and also gold, colors of feasting. And it is centered, the many of the traditions, as we were talking about, are centered on Easter Sunday that just come up and people culturally in the... um, Outside of the liturgical tradition, people even, you see, I think Easter candy comes up out after Valentine's Day, is it now? <laughs> or maybe Christmas, I don't know. They kind of sneak, sneak it in. Um, but I, all that to say is a lot of our traditions have centered around Easter Sunday. You know, Easter baskets, Easter services, Easter lunches. Uh, in the liturgical traditions, it's often a time for baptism, and symbols of spring and new life. And yet today we're hopefully going to talk about some other ways you can carry on those traditions throughout the whole season, mm-hmm. as well as our next episode on Easter Tide, which is going to be on Sabbath. The meaning of Easter is to celebrate, to feast on the resurrection of Christ and new life. And throughout the season, there's themes of resurrection and new life, redemption, liberation, renewal, restoration. Metamorphosis, I really like to think of that, especially when we think about um, the journey from Lent, Holy Week to Easter, and even Pentecost. Mm. So that it's not just a standalone celebration, but it's a process and transformation with that abundance, awakening, a new way, I think, uh, comes to mind. And blossoming, of course, in the Northern Hemisphere, where we have that with the images of flowers in springtime and they can invite us too. They can serve as icons. I know in the Facebook group there was a recent discussion on icons. So I mm-hmm. feel like they can serve as icons, even windows to the divine um, on the outside um, and also on the inside, what God has for us individually as well. The Holy Days, of course, Easter Sunday, number one, And then later on, we've got the Ascension of our Lord. That's on the seventh Sunday, the Sunday before Pentecost. So they tried to time it about, was it 40 days or something like that, that he was on earth after after rising again. And that's, (laughs) Jen just shrugged. (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) you know. Liturgy is all about just ritual anyway, right? So it's. If, if and when. Well, actually, as I was reading in Jessica Snell's um, book, Let Us Keep the Feast, 
well, we may we, we may go into this more another time, but Easter has had a lot of drama surrounding it. When it is, oh, sure. how long things get celebrated, when they get celebrated, and it's actually one of the only liturgical seasons that happens at approximately the same time of year that it happened historically. Others oh, yeah. are are paired more closely on like meaning rather than like, like actual Christmas. time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. little little fact history <laughs> lesson for you, which means we should just get the book. It and then does. of course Pentecost, the fiftieth day, which we'll do an episode on as well. So, what's meaningful to you about Easter, Jen, and its invitation towards celebration? You know, the week after Easter is called Bright Week, um, and it's it's part of the mm. octave. And that just feels so fitting to me. Um, I know I talked about potentially dampening color in my home as something that I thought about doing this year and that I think I really want to do next year, Um, especially because I Mm. love color so, so much and have really tried to infuse our home with it. Um, So next year (laughs) I'm going to dampen Mm -hmm. color for Lent and then let Bright Week be really bright. Mm, I love that. I love that. We, um, I've only had one instance in marking Bright Week or Bright Sunday when we were in San Francisco. Quite a few years ago, we wanted to go to St. Gregory's Church, and um, I'd read about it from one of Sarah Miles' books. And also, they are just known, especially in the Episcopal tradition, for being really innovative, both um, both progressive and also very ancient and rooted in mm. in practices and and you would love it Jen speaking of bright like their <laughs> their sanctuary that it, it is filled with bright colors you almost feel like you're in India sometimes or oh, something wow. like that but we anyway we it just so happened to be bright Sunday we didn't even know and apparently it can also be known as hat Sunday or maybe that's just something they do there <laughs> I don't know but we came and it was kind of you know you're in a new city a little lost and you see people with all these funny hats going going into this place and as an introvert i'm thinking can we turn around but um but it was so great every they gave us all these you know jester hats or something in there and um yes it it felt very bright indeed with the dancing which is one of their signature practices and um anyway that's how that made me think of that (laughs) well i know sarah layman in our facebook group yeah, um, shared some pictures from St. Gregory's this last week. So it's been neat to kind of share some of our experiences with one another and get mm-hmm. pictures from churches all around the world, how they decorate and celebrate. Mm-hmm. So um, we would love, 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 love for you to share pictures of what your church and your home looks like in the different seasons of the year, and especially um, for Easter. So join us in the Facebook group and share that. It's facebook.com slash groups slash sacred ordinary days tribe. Um, I also, I find the fact that Easter being a a movable feast. um, And like Mm -hmm. I said, it has a long dramatic history and several accidents that are kind (laughs) of part of it. Um, But I, I think that's interesting and beautiful and, and rich, um, rich to consider. Um, Mm -hmm. also the visitation is normally a part of the Easter season, um, the Theotokos God with us. And what I love about that is that it, it 
demonstrates for us that God is real, God is human, God mm-hmm. is humble mm-hmm. and an incarnate. And then the ascension, um, Jesus' last recorded act on earth. Um, that feels like such a pendulum swing for me. It is sort of the pinnacle opposite of Easter and the fact that in the season of Easter that we have the pendulum swinging both ways. Um, What about you, Lacey? What do you find meaningful about the invitation of Easter and the invitation to celebrate? Well, I think especially because we participate in kind of a vigil that slowly transitions us from Lent and Holy Saturday, those three days of, of prayer. And also, I think, imagining how it was in the life of those who first came across the empty tomb. I feel like even though it's a time of celebration, I, f- I love that it begins quietly mm-hmm. uh, in the hearts of those who keep vigil. And it reminds me um, that that's a vulnerable place. And I think really when we talk about celebration and the dare to celebrate, really celebrate one another apart from, you know, what's customary birth, you know, sing happy birthday, this and that, but to really celebrate achievements, um, bravery, et cetera, in life, it starts in a vulnerable place too. Mm -hmm. And it's a vulnerable thing for a lot of people. It reminds me of um, that saying, you know, where... Your greatest, those who experienced great sorrow can experience great joy. I think Mm -hmm. Khalil Gibran says, your joy is your sorrow unmasked and the self-same well from which your laughter rises was oftentimes filled with tears. And how else can it be? The deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. And so I think especially with the desert feelings of Lent and then the darkness of the Triduum, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and the betrayal on Thursday. I just love the beauty of both Mm -hmm. from going into the depths, as you talked about in in our last episode, to going to the greatest height with the the season of Easter. Yeah. And so I feel like, yeah, just as Holy Week was a dare to enter great sorrow and contemplate how we have in our own ways crucified Christ, which can take us to dark places. Mm -hmm. Eastertide is a dare to embody joy and an invitation to live in the resurrection as we celebrate the risen Christ and also honor the things that bring us life, both big and small. I kind of, I sometimes when I write, I capitalize even life, new life, Hmm. um, because it feels like such a sacred thing to me. And I feel like it's a good way to connect to God by noticing what what brings you life. And so I feel like Easter, we're called to view all of life through the lens of a Sunday feast. I know in some of my research, they referred to the whole season of Easter as one great Sunday. And so mm-hmm. it's an invitation to dwell in the abundance of the kingdom of God, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit more in our Sabbath episode as we name and celebrate our own places of the resurrection, which, you know, happened with the Christ story, but happened in us today. It was an archetype, and that's how we return again and again to life. And I think also 
these places, kind of with my pilgrimage bent, my pilgrimage language, these can serve as guideposts for the journey. Mm-hmm. Because when, because they're where we continue to c- encounter Christ, um, those places of life, renewal, abundance, and they help us to live into his archetypal story, who, someone who was the way, the truth, and the life, and so guides us along the path. And so I think ultimately celebration, as we see even in the, in the life of Christ and after Christ is resurrected, has, is a process of naming, honoring, and giving thanks. And so even the disciples seeing Christ naming that he's, he's returned, he's here, honoring as they did in those many weeks between his resurrection and ascension. And then we see with Pentecost giving thanks, which feels like our cup is overflowing with abundance. We can't help but pour out. You know, and if, if you've been listening with us since Advent, this will sound familiar. We had a really similar conversation as we transitioned from Advent to Christmas about mm-hmm. the dare to go deeply into the dark and the dare to... Um, celebrate the birth of of Christ and and that life and celebration start in the dark um that's not an accident <laughs> you know there's a reason yeah. that um the the pairing of advent and christmas and then the pairing of lent and easter similar colors similar progression and that's that's part of the beauty of living into the story i think so yeah, beyond Easter Sunday, I am I'm really excited to try some new things to really celebrate the whole of Easter tide. Um, I know that bonfires are popular in in certain cultures in Europe, mm. and that it commemorates the new light of the Paschal candle. Um, and we have been wanting to rebuild the fire pit in our backyard. I also mentioned that we wanted to invite our neighbors over for Easter. Um, that that didn't end up happening. Um, nobody. We had family and friends come, but we didn't have any neighbors come. And so I'm really excited about inviting our neighbors and having like a neighborhood yeah. bonfire and our new fire pit when we build it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I haven't spent a whole lot of time planning for my Eastertide practices or thinking about how I might embody that in my decor, in my home, um, to the extent that I have with other seasons. So the two small things that I've done is I brought in a lot of, of living plants, um, got a new fiddly fig tree and got um, a <laughs> rubber plant and actually planted several pots of succulents around and then I made my switch to Mrs. Meyer's honeysuckle hand soap and dish soap um, and at all the sinks in our house. And so those mm-hmm. two small switches actually feel pretty huge and noticeable. And, and yet I'm still kind of playing with where to go beyond that still. Um, the other thing that I'm doing besides relishing and reading, like I mentioned, is there's something, something happened um, to cause a shift in me during Lent this year. And I realized that if I was really going to celebrate Easter this year, I really needed to celebrate my aliveness more fully. Mm -hmm. And for me, that felt like an invitation to 
rather than continuing to sort of take my health for granted and, and not think about it much or focus on it, but really think about how I can steward my physical body and my health as a way of celebrating Easter. And so I have been making some investments of time and energy and money to optimize my health rather than just thinking about not getting sick or getting well if I get sick, but um, how I can really optimize that. So I'll keep you posted on how that's going. Um, and then we're, we're taking a few trips this month and celebrating some big moments, which feels, which feels appropriate as well. Um, we planned to go on a trip for our fifth wedding anniversary last August, but it was right as we were preparing for um, the Kickstarter for you the planner. A few other things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so leaving and time to leave and money were both short because <laughs> um, we'd invested so much in making the planner happen. So we are going to join um, Jesse and Gerard Pepper from the Marriage is Funny podcast and friends of ours on their great love getaway. And we'll actually be on our way when this podcast goes live, which I'm excited about. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that feels really significant is um, this month we're also taking our first two business trips that I'm taking Haley on, my designer. That feels like a huge corner to turn. Yeah. I've never invested to take other people to workshops or conferences, um, and I've never had anybody to take. So mm -hmm. I'm celebrating. What are you going to? We are going to Q Ideas in Denver, and we if are anyone's going to be there. Yeah, I would love, I would love, love to connect. In fact, one of the other members yeah. of our tribe, Hillary Dawson, um, sold tickets in our Facebook group, and I bought them. <laughs> and then um, the other is to a business conference um, with Tara Gentile in Portland um, um, yeah. later mm -hmm. later in the month. So her quiet power. Jen, you're gonna be so close. <laughs> you know, we actually could meet. I hadn't even thought about that. We'll have to we'll have to discuss this off. Though we do have recording. something on the calendar uh -huh. for the end of May. Yes. No, I mean that retreat. Yeah. You know you that and we've been I talking about. <laughs> just a little something you all can join too. Uh huh. <laughs> it's true. What about you? Well, I think as I was saying before that just the prompt that comes to mind is um, celebrating life. I think you said aliveness. And I know I did a post even last year on my blog, 25 Ways to Celebrate Life. And so I feel like these things that bring us life, that are life-giving, are glimpses of the sacred. And mm -hmm. they can teach us about the divine each day if we're open to the invitation and if we learn to pay holy attention. And I feel like, for me, words that have been key to get to those places of life, of celebration... And I think would be helpful for others as well. Um, nourishment, what brings you nourishment? What brings you joy? What um, instills you with a sense of peace? Clarity as another way um, to name things that are life-giving. They often give you a sense of clarity. And, and gratitude, too. And that might be spending time with family, time out in your garden alone with a cup of tea, with Jen's tea that she's <laughs> back to now. She's feeling the gratitude, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, for me, I know as we talked about earlier, did you did you mention me talking about nature? I don't know. Flowers, sunshine is always life-giving for me. 
uh, animals, pets are great touchstones, I think, for even just feeling peace. Mountain views in Seattle, we've, we've got those even. We'll be out on a Saturday running errands and usually maybe frustrated because I don't want to have to <laughs> have to run errands. <laughs> and then we'll crest a hill and then you see the mountains on one side and then also you can see the mountains in your rearview mirror because we've got them all around us. There are and a so lot of hills in Seattle. There are a lot of hills and and they're not fun to walk, but boy, do they have have good views. And so even just that, just almost catching my breath, which too, breath can remind you of, of life and bring you toward gratitude. Um, yeah, relationships are another way to, um, to cel- lean into to celebrate life, shared meals, time with family, play with children or adults mm-hmm. playing with friends going out and um doing stuff you don't you don't always do together a date night with that special someone or also i know that greeting or helping a stranger as you're on the street or someone who walks into your place of work something like that can be life-giving for you and for someone else as well even just a smile and then i also think awareness is a place where we can find life, practicing awareness. And that could be through a gratitude journal as you begin to notice what are those things that bring you life. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's helpful to write down those places, a, a, a list of the places that bring you life for those moments when you just feel lost in everything and you um, know you want to recenter yourself, come back, just kind of like you had that toolbox you said uh-huh. at the end of Holy Week. And so I, I do that myself, and I suggest others do that as well, seeking out inspiration. And also I think saying no to things that drain you can also be a practice for Easter. And because if you create that space and discern that space, you can say yes to things that bring you life. Mm-hmm. And we did we talked about the examine a few months ago on the podcast and we did it on the the webinar recording that Jen mentioned that you can find at a sacredjourney.net slash podcast. We actually go through it live and that is a, a great way to discern as well what brings you life and what what drains you. And then I think another practice of awareness is like you were saying, relishing to glo- go slowly mm-hmm. and and savor. And I think if that was one, the one thing you did this whole season, the one thing you focused on, your words of meditation, reminder, I think it would bring you to all of those places if you just focused on moving slowly and savoring. I think you're right. I also want to touch on a bit just communal and personal, personal celebration because as we have talked about there's birthday parties, maybe anniversaries, graduations, lots of graduations coming up and weddings that are traditional times that we celebrate. But I think the 50 days of Easter, not only those places that bring us life, but also invites us to celebrate in community or even personal victories Mm -hmm. a bit more. I think there's small victories we can celebrate. I think, you know, do Mm -hmm. it saying a speech or we even Jen, Jen and I doing, getting through all that technical difficulties and just recording our, our <laughs> webinar finding to share with solution. you. In, mm-hmm. Finding a solution deserves a toast, I think. Expressions of courage, um, even when things 
didn't turn out how you want. I know there was a time when my husband had applied for a job that he really wanted, and we didn't even wait. It, it looked like he might get it, and we didn't wait, though, till that moment to celebrate. Instead, we celebrated after he went in for you know a day-long interview because that was worth celebration enough. I love that. We've, think, we've done something similar, yeah. and I I know that for Grant's personality, my husband, that that feels like a disordered celebration for him. He's like, no, you haven't mm-hmm. earned it yet, or um, we're, it's much ado about nothing. And yeah. yet I think it, it places a celebration where it belongs, um, which is mm-hmm. <laughs> in the things that you have some control over. Yeah. Um, that the part that's yours to do, you have done faithfully and well. Mm, and then the part that is I like that word in there. other people's to do um, that you have mm-hmm. no control over, um, you can celebrate that too. But I think it, it places mm-hmm. the celebration where it belongs, that yeah. that which is yours to do, you've done faithfully and well. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like it honors our vulnerability mm-hmm. and uh, reiterates that there's promise, a promise of life on the other side, even if it might not be the life we expect, that um, that we have others there with us, that life, new life can be found, even as we know with the Easter story in the dark places. So for our benediction today, I'm, I'm going to share something with you from the Revised Common Lectionary Prayers. Um, that the Commendation on Common Texts put together, and it's one of the other resources or tools in my toolkit. Um, So let's just pause for a small moment of silence, and then I'll invite us in. Ten episodes is a big deal to share together, Lacey and I and you with us. And so let's celebrate even with just a pause. Living God, long ago faithful women proclaimed the good news of Jesus' resurrection, and the world was changed forever. Teach us to keep the faith with them, that our witness may be as bold, our love as deep, and our faith as true. Blessings as you go on your way. Easter not just as a day, but as an entire season. Let us know in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Sacred Ordinary Days Tribe or on social media using the hashtag Sacred Ordinary Days. You'll hear from us again on Wednesday, April 27th, when we'll discuss Eastertide and Sabbath. To follow along, subscribe to the Sacred Ordinary Days podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. And we'd love it if you'd spread the word or leave an iTunes review. For more resources on the liturgical calendar and spiritual formation, join me at asacredjourney.net and jen at sacredordinarydays.com. Mm-hmm.